0: Welcome to Money and Me. A woman's fertility is a scarce resource. As women age, both the health and the number of eggs decline significantly. But freezing your younger and healthier eggs helps you boost the likelihood of a successful pregnancy should you choose to have one. But how affordable and accessible is elective egg freezing here in Singapore? We know there's a need for it. Just yesterday it was announced that the average number of births per woman in Singapore during her reproductive year Dropped below 1.0 for the first time to 0.97 in 2023. And startups, businesses are helping to plug the gap in solutions for fertility preservation. A business, I should say. Zora Health launched in Singapore in 2023. It's already got a wait list, I understand, of more than 180 patients. And it has partnerships with more than 50 clinics in 16 cities and 8 countries. And that list is growing. Founded and led by serial entrepreneur Anahatanto, the femtech startup just weeks ago secured a million dollars in funding. It aims to be the first of its kind integrated facility for fertility care and it aims to grow into a financing platform as well. Treatment cost packages range from 6000 to 20000 over 20000 and the business model is really interesting. It's direct to consumer. I'm happy to welcome to Money and Me Anna hautanto CEO and founder of Zora Health. Congratulations on your latest startup. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's nice to speak to you again. (laughs) Yes, we started with you on your journey with fintech, um, enabling women in Singapore to take better control of their financial health. And here you are now in this sector of fertility preservation. How do you hope that the $1 million will go some way towards building your vision
1: and transforming what Singapore women have access to? I think the first thing what we want to do is we want to be a one-stop fertility care platform. Uh, And the point is we want to integrate patients, corporate employers and fertility care providers so we can simplify the journey and enhance the accessibility for everyone in the journey, right? Um, So the first thing that we want to do is definitely hiring. We um, we want to hire to actually work with corporates to raise awareness in terms of discussions. You know, uh, a lot of times People are not equipped to deal with infertility or discussion surrounding IVF or egg freezing. Second will be policies. You know, if you want people to have more babies, if you want people to go for IVF treatment, you need to give flexible leave. You need to allow them to have policies so that they feel don't feel like they are sacrificing either their family or their work. And I think to me, the last thing and the... Um, Our ultimate aim is to really incorporate fertility benefits in Asia. Uh, This is something that is lacking. It is something that is very prevalent in the US, in the UK. But I think we are slightly behind on that.
0: So for the last bit, you'll be working with companies um, or is this a solution that needs also um, state support?
1: I, I mean, I believe that this will be a national agenda. As you said, our birth rate, our fertility rate are at historic low, right? Uh, this is not something that just corporates or startups can do, but also something that I believe the government has a lot to play with. And I I think they are actually looking at it now. Interesting. You froze your egg six years ago. Is that right? Yes, I froze my egg six years ago overseas. What
0: what did your own journey uh, through PCOS and then through egg freezing, how did that open your eyes to the real challenges women face when sort of navigating this whole process of egg freezing?
1: So I think six years ago, it, it was very hush-hush. There's no, um, you know, people are not talking about it. And if you do it because it's not legal in Singapore, it almost feels very uh, wrong to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't have any access to resources. I didn't know how much it cost. I just went to do it on a whim because, you know, as with PCOS, I understand that uh, it's harder to get pregnant. And at that point of time, I was 34. I wasn't very sure if I wanted to have kids. Uh, things have improved now. I think egg freezing is allowed. more last year. So there are a lot of content, a lot of resources that, uh, you know, that people aim to really demystify the process. But there are certain things that, you know, uh, when we speak to our patients, that are still very confusing. It's still a very confusing uh, and frustrating process. For example, regulations. Um, if you do overseas, what is legal in which countries? How much does it cost? What is the process? You know, so we answer questions like that so that we can help our patients to save time and resources. Fantastic. Because you going overseas though, are you bound
0: by what the laws here say is allowed in terms of fertility treatment? For example, um, I think it was announced in 2022 in the white paper here in Singapore, elective egg freezing years ago. It was implemented in 2023 for women aged between 21 and 37. Right, and then both single and women can undergo elective egg freezing, but in order to use your frozen eggs, you can only do so when you're legally married. So, do these, um, you know, boundaries on on age, on when you can use your eggs, are you are you bound by that as well? Even though some of this treatment might
1: happen overseas, no, you're only bound by the rules of the country. Okay. So, if you are Singaporean but you go uh, overseas, you are bound by the country that you go to. Okay, so does this mean there's an upper age limit for your services? Uh, there is no uh, okay there is no upper age limit to my services but there's an upper limit to the effectiveness of fertility treatment right I mean um, the truth is the younger you are the better the supposed, uh, the potential results are
0: yes but you're not going to turn away someone who's 38 who comes and says they want yes. to explore freezing their eggs
1: normally what we will do is you know we will ask them to do a fertility assessment okay. and then we'll get the specialist to, uh, to review that because we can't make medical advice okay okay and is the service only for marriage People? No, uh, no. We, we actually we are a global service. It's for uh, you know single, for married couples. I have patients from the U.S. that are interested. You know, a couple that was in the U.S. that are interested to do uh, IVF in Singapore. So it is actually a global service for everyone. Tell us about this um, this network of providers.
0: I was reading up a little on the background, and you said in an interview that you know this is an underserved sector. There are only three major mm-hmm. players. In this space in Asia pack is
1: that right? Yeah, I think so. If you look at the there, to me in uh, healthcare, there are three players, right? They are, they, or rather, there are three parties that are important. One is the patients. So for us, uh, what we aim to do is really to give the best resources, whether it's content, whether it's information, a directory. We have a three thousand listing directory of all the fertility clinics and doctors second will be the providers we aim to work with a large network of clinics the problem with clinics is a lot of them don't know how to get patients and uh you know a lot of times the questions are the same right like Mm. uh what's the process doctor do i need to be here for two 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 weeks. Uh, you know, how much does it cost? That's something that we can help the clinics. We can also uh help patients to find the right clinics globally. And the last one will be corporates. Again, to me, having a payers, whether it's a financing, whether it's insurance, whether it's a corporate benefit, is very important. Because fertility treatments are very, uh, the cost can be prohibitive, uh, you know, and the, the, the actually the success rate is very, very low. So just to give you an idea, for me, I'm 40 this year. If I want to go through IVF, the success rate is about 5% for a live birth. Uh, so people actually end up spending, you know, uh, 50000 100000 I know someone who has spent $1 million just for a child. Was she successful? Were they successful? Yes, after seven years.
0: Okay, well, well, that's one million well spent then. Fantastic. Uh, But thanks for the, um, I suppose, eye-opening stats that help people be aware of, you know, you're going to, you might be spending a lot for something that might turn out to be futile in the end. It all depends on when you start, I guess. So you froze the egg six years ago. Is there a happy story there? Happy meaning? <laughs> have you used I the eggs? I no, I have, I have not used Not the yet. Eggs, so. Okay. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> fertility financing on the cards for the future. What demand do you anticipate for this? I mean, do you already have people coming forward saying, hey, can, can I use Medisave for this?
1: A lot of people ask if they can use, uh, if there are subsidies, government subsidies, and then uh, then if they can use their medicine. Uh, for IVF, if you're Singaporeans, you can use them if you go to public hospitals. For egg freezing, it is not because it's an elective procedure. So uh, what we want to do is really, and you see, one cycle is about 10 to 25,000. And, you know, a lot of people may may or may not have this, you know, uh, amount of money, right? And if you have, you might have competing priorities. So there are a lot of patients who come to us and say, hey, do you provide financing? Um, And that's something that we are exploring. And I think what we are doing now is really searching for the best way. Uh, Do we do an interest free? Do we do an installment plan and making sure that we comply to the regulations? Is
0: there interest on the ground in terms of being a partner for you with financing? Yes,
1: uh, there are, but I think it's a matter of how do we serve our patients best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Makes to sense. To me, yeah. Otherwise, you know, people can take a personal loan, right? And who, to me, who are the people who need it? And uh, we want to ensure that they actually use the funds for fertility treatments. Absolutely. What do you offer your corporate clients? So for corporate clients uh there are a few tiers so the first one will be you know we can do a, a, a fertility talks for example whether it's on PCOS IVF egg freezing we have done that with a few corporates second will be on discussion about two kids to manage the managers uh and, and number two uh the last one will be we are discussing about fertility benefits for example you know some companies you have dental benefits where you can claim your dental uh, for your dental uh, services or you have flexible benefits we want to be Included in this benefit so that when couples go for fertility treatments, fertility assessments, they can claim for these treatments.
0: Amazing. So there's not only the pricing for the treatment cycles, and you know, you might have to undergo more than one cycle in order to harvest your eggs. There's also the storage costs because eggs need to wait somewhere before they're hatched or used, right? So um talk to us a little bit about storage costs. They vary across the world. Is that
1: how it works? They vary across the world, but on average in Singapore, just to give you a ballpark figures, it, it's about 800 to 1,003 per year. And say you freeze your eggs overseas,
0: but you want them close by for some reason, um, can you have them stored here? Uh, so
1: certain countries allow shipping of eggs, Singapore allow uh, you to store your eggs here or uh, retrieve your eggs here and uh, Keep them out, and they can. You can also import them in. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you can bring your eggs in legally.
0: Um, what sort of support do you think it is, is is important for women that you've chosen to provide through this service, Zora?
1: I think first, you you know, most of the women that we speak to find it very stressful and frustrating, right? Uh, but the people that, to me, the women that are undergoing egg freezing and IVF are slightly different. They have slightly different needs. Um, but the same thing is one is information, two is financial. Uh, support and understanding. Three is counseling. And you provide, I see, a complimentary expert support throughout a
0: woman's journey. Yep.
1: Yeah. So we work right from the time you contact us to the end of uh, your journey, and even after some, you know, some women after they store their eggs and they tell me, "Anna, I want to go for a second round, but this time round in a different country." We still do that for you, and, and it, the services are all free for the patients. Amazing. Anna, tell me about
0: the business model. How you decided upon this direct to consumer e-commerce business
1: model? I think the first thing that I ask is, you know, if I am undergoing it today, and this is the struggle that I have, right? Uh, So, what happened is last year, I thought that I was menopausal, and uh, I looked around, I couldn't find any resources, I couldn't understand, and, you know, I looked at Google, um, and I told my boyfriend, who's a doctor, I said, hey, you know, I think I'm perimenopausal, and he was like, can you don't diagnose yourself? (laughs) Let Uh, me do it, he said. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, so then I looked around, and I think one of the first thing, to be honest, that I did was to approach uh, Michael, who is the CEO of uh, FemTech Association Asia. Mm. I asked, her, "Hey, you know what? Uh, because you know they are Asia's like uh, advisory and industry expert. I asked them, I asked, her, "What do you think of the landscape? What is lacking? And you know, how do I go around uh, doing this?" And so she gave me a few pointers on what she thinks is missing, what is lacking, and she has really been, you know, helping me a lot. So, I think for us personally, uh, so there's two things, right? I asked. I also spoke to 200 women. I asked them, what do you want and what do you
0: need? That's wonderful. You know, things like this need to start with you to the ground and understanding what your client or your patient really wants makes a lot of sense. And we'll talk about Femtech Connect Asia in just a little while. Will you extend this service to males as well? You have something on your website that talks about men.
1: We have. Uh, actually, we have a, quite a number of male patients. And I, I, let me tell you something that is, I thought was very interesting. Michelle whenever I post on LinkedIn or you know publicly a lot of women will be like hey I love this you know I'm in support of this and they will be very open and public about it but almost always all the men will send me a private message and say you know um, I undergo undergo, uh, IVF in my wife three times four times and it was really very harrowing for us Uh, I'm really appreciative of what you're trying to do and actually you know men do need support too
0: Wonderful. Yeah, And,
1: and, and so how, how is Zora Health supporting the men? So for us, depending. So we have couples who want to go through IVF. Uh, that's something that we do. If uh, I do have inquiries about sperm freezing. It's very weird saying this in national radio, but... It's okay. We're I do all grown-ups here. <laughs> yeah. We, we do have men who say, hey, I want to freeze my sperm. What can I do? Or okay. I want to do...
0: And and the services can be extended to them as well. So basically, you're sort of like a concierge
1: service, right? You link people up with
0: providers anywhere across the world that will help yes. them. Yes. So that
1: that is our first iteration of the business. But now we are focusing uh, this year. We, our focus will move into corporates, so that we can actually help more people. Corporates. Oh, getting
0: it um, in the corporate benefits. Yes. Working with corporations, I can imagine a lot of progressive companies would want this in their yeah. benefits.
1: Some companies already have the fertility benefits, but they don't have the support.
0: Right, 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 right. So if I came to you, Anna, um, first port of call would be to assess my fertility and then I would have options in terms of where around the world I wanted to freeze my eggs. Is that how it works?
1: Uh, Yes. So we don't really uh, assess your fertility. We'll ask you, have you done it? And then we'll direct you to the specialist who can assess or review your test mm-hmm. and uh, after you have done that then we'll review your options such as okay what is your budget what is the doctor that you're looking for so for example i have a lady who said told me i want a she was very specific i want a female muslim doctor okay yeah so, so we can help you find that wow. uh, we can tell you the, the different regulations for example if you do it in malaysia or thailand um you know and what you should look out for and the process if you want to just spend you know go there for one day and come back or do you want to stay there for two weeks
0: wow and do you provide only the information or do you help with the arrangements as well oh no we don't we don't, we don't help with the arrangements okay okay so it's here is the information and then the patient has to go and um
1: make all the arrangements for themselves with the clinic you- no, okay, sorry. With the clinic, we do the arrangement. We'll refer them to the clinic. We'll explain to the clinic what they are looking for, mm. so they, they don't. Because you know, sometimes when you see a doctor, you don't. I am um, not sure if this is your experience, but for me, I am not sure how to communicate what I have. Let's say I am in pain. I can't. I, I can't tell you exactly where my pain is or what kind of pain it is. Uh, but because we work so ma- with so many women, we can actually quickly tell the clinics what the patients need and uh, what they are looking for, so that there is no miscommunication. And when a, a patient go to see the doctor, we actually give them a list of questions that they can ask the doctors. This is brilliant. I'm having
0: a moment again when I think, why didn't I dream of this business? (laughs) So, so brilliant. Um, Anna Hautanto is my guest. She's CEO and founder of Zora Health. And you can hear more of Anna at the upcoming Femtech Connect Asia event. Let's talk a little briefly about uh, Femtech and why you're so passionate about supporting
1: other women in this field. I think, you know, um, this is a business that really needs a lot of support and help from each other. I will be honest. uh, As you know, I spoke to many investors to fundraise. There is a lack of awareness a lack of ed- education, right? Because, um, you know, when you talk about fertility, whether it's fertility, infertility, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's menopause, because there's a lot of guilt and shame attached to it. And people don't talk about it because it's very taboo. So I think for me, the Femtech Connect Asia is very interesting because they bring, uh, you know, not only founders like myself, uh, they bring professionals, they bring investors, uh, they bring the corporates, right? Who can make effect with a change. So they bring all of us together to really, um, at a roundtable event and we want to see how we can really uh, shape the future of Femtech in Asia.
0: Well, I wish you all the best in that journey and thank you so much for joining us and sharing with our listeners more about Zora Health. Anna, what is that final piece of advice or what you'd like to say to the woman listening
1: in struggling with infertility? I think for me, the main thing or rather our main mission is really to provide women to live the life that they want without limitation and with options. So, you know, you don't have to live according to what what society wants you to but unfortunately we all have a biological clock so yeah perhaps get yourself tested to see where you are in terms of fertility wonderful well said
0: she's anna Tanto. we've been talking about preserving your fertility with the health uh, help of zora health i'm michelle martin this is money and me before acting on the information on money fm please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives financial situation and risk tolerance